Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 22, on recalling God's manifold blessings. The Learner. Lord, open this heart of mine and place your law within it. Teach me to walk by the road of your commandments. Grant that I may know what is your will. Grant that my mind may dwell with great reverence and careful attention upon all your blessings. Both those common to all men and those which are your gift to me. So may I be enabled to thank you in future as you deserve. Yet I know and confess that I am unable to praise and thank you as I ought, even for the least of your favors. I am much less in all the blessings you have showered upon me when I realize how infinitely high you are above all your creation. My mind whirls at the thought of your greatness. All qualities of soul and body that are ours Whatever we possess, inwardly or outwardly, naturally or supernaturally, come from your bounty. They show us how bounteous you are, how loving, how good, you from whom we have received all these blessings. Some may have been given more, some less. All alike come from you. And without you, we could not have even the least of them. The man who received a larger share cannot boast of it as being won by his own merit, cannot affect a superior attitude towards others, or treat as dirt, those gifted less than himself. The less a man attributes his good qualities to himself, the more humble and devout the thanks he gives to God for them. A greater man, a better man, is he. The man who ranks himself below all others and counts himself unworthy of God's favor is better fitted for receiving that favor in greater measure. If a man has been given but few gifts, it should not make him unhappy. He oughtn't to be bitter about it or envy those lavishly endowed. Indeed, indeed, instead, Instead, he should turn to you and give you his highest praise for your goodness in bestowing your gifts so generously, so freely, so willingly, without respect of persons. It is from you that all things come. It is right, therefore, that in all things you should be praised. You know what gifts are best suited to each one of us. You know why one man has less and another more. That is not for us to judge, but for you, who can assess the merits of every man alive. That being so, I counted a great favor, Lord God, not to have many of those qualities which as outward things go into man's way of thinking appear to confer honor and glory on their owner. When a man reflects upon his poverty and insignificance, it should not make him low-spirited or unhappy or depressed. No, 
It should make him feel consoled and full of joy because it is just such poor and humble folk that you have chosen, my God, to be your close friends and servants. Your own apostles are proof of this, proof of your, this choice of yours. You caused them to divide a world between them for their domains. Yet they lived uncomplaining lives upon earth, so assuming and simple, so innocent of malice and double dealing. They even rejoiced that they had been found worthy to suffer indignity for your name's sake. And with great ardor embraced what the world shrinks from in fear. Thus, when a man loves you and knows your kindness towards him, nothing should give him greater joy than the accomplishing in him of your will and the good pleasure of your eternal purpose. So contented, this ought to make him so full of comfort that he would be as readily the least of men as another might long to be the greatest. He should be as much contented and at peace in the lowest place as in the highest, as willing to be considered a person nobody wants, a target of sneers, a complete non-entity, as to be greater and more respected than the rest of men. Your will and the desire of upholding your honor should come before everything else. These will bring greater comfort, greater pleasure than all the blessings a man has been given or might hope to receive. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. And Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tonight's reading is very fitting on the Feast of St. Philip Neri. Why? Because St. Philip Neri was known to very rarely ever say, I said this, and I did this. St. Philip Neri used to say that we should not refer to things that redound to our credit even in joke. See, he was so aware of the way our self-love, that is our bad self-love, tends to make us refer to ourselves in ways that seem to make us admirable to others. So he would very rarely say, I said or I did, because he said that such sayings reveal a kind of vanity, a kind of complacency. He used to tell priests that they should never, or very rarely, speak about some sermon that they preached or that they would preach one day. 
when his beloved disciple Teruji was preaching one day on the value of suffering and of suffering for Christ, St. Philip began to pound on the pillar, pound on the pillar with his hand, distracting people from the talk. And he told Teruji, who was called the Dux Verbi, the, the leader of the word, he was a great speaker, an incredible preacher, very gifted. And Philip pounded on the pillar and told Teruji to come down. He said, you're preaching weak stuff. And Philip went up there in the pulpit and said, until this day, the oratorians have received nothing but benefits and pleasures and honors. And none of us have suffered one drop of blood for the Christ. We have no business speaking the way Teruji speaks. There was another person whom St. Philip heard preach. And St. Philip saw there was a certain amount of vanity, self-love, self-reliance. And Philip told the man, nice sermon. And now I order you under obedience to preach the same exact sermon without uttering one word different. Seven times running every day for seven days. And so people began to say when he got up to preach, oh, here's the father with only one sermon. You see, St. Philip wanted us to be cleansed of this self-reliance, this pride in ourselves, this sense that we are something on our own. This is the whole point. We, on our own, left to ourselves, are not something great. We were made from nothing, the dust of the earth. And without God, we return to nothing. And St. Philip was so aware that every good thing we do, everything supernatural, first begins with God's grace. I did not choose you. You did not choose me, Jesus says. But I chose you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so tonight, as we read this reading, this reading about humility from Thomas of Kempis, we remember that St. Philip Neri loved this book, The Imitation of Christ. He would read it in his gatherings with young men, men of the world, and then talk about it. And so let's ask the grace of the Lord tonight for more humility. If we are honored, that is, if we receive some kind of recognition from the world, if people recognize that we've done something good, let us thank the Lord for it. And if the world doesn't honor us, let us hide ourselves in his wounds. Let us beg the Lord for the grace of humility to really subject everything that we have to him to turn to him in all things and not to constantly say, I said this and I did that. For as St. Philip used to say, don't say what great things the saints do. Say rather what great things God does in his saints. Lord, give us the grace to be humble. Give us the grace to truly rely on you. Give us the grace to be truthful, to admit that we've received gifts from you, and we have. 
doesn't mean we have to say God hasn't given me any gifts. No, if he's given you some grace, thank him for it. And there were times when Philip would speak of himself, especially when he would speak of the fact that when he was a little boy, he was miraculously saved. When he jumped, jumped on the back of a donkey and the donkey fell down a flight of stairs and crushed him and he was saved. Philip would talk about himself if it gave glory to God. That's the thing. If it gives glory to God, if speaking about ourselves directs other people to God, then great. But if we're just trying to receive honor and glory for ourselves, if we're just trying to get people to think we're great, then we're stealing things from the Lord. But we're weak, but we're frail. And so let us not be discouraged when we feel tempted in this way. In all things, we turn to the Lord for strength and grace. For nothing is impossible with God. The proudest, most vain person can become humble like Jesus. Take my yoke upon me, he said, and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble of heart. Every day in the Eucharist, we have a chance to receive Jesus himself. And we receive him. We receive his body, blood, soul, and divinity. And in receiving his soul, we receive his humility, his patience. So that we can become like him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.